her last breath completely illuminated my life. Everyone's on a continuum when it comes to their relationship with death and dying. And I think there's so much in the wellness industry right now that's making us continue to tread water. And I'll tell you, as a person who is dying actively, boy, I hope to age. Like, give me another wrinkle. (laughs) Please give me another wrinkle. Though it looked like I was at the beginning of my living and you were at the end of yours, you were so much more alive than I was. Hey, this is Grand Exit, conversations starting conversations about living, dying, and living on. We're sharing real talk on the life-death legacy continuum now, so we don't wait to the end to talk about what matters most. Enter here if you intend to be remembered. And welcome to Grand Exit, the podcast. You're listening to Tamitha Thomas Hossey and Chelsea Leader Gold live in studio for the first time. And we are just thrilled to have you on the other end of this conversation that we intend to spark more conversation between you and the important people in your life. In this episode, we're catching you up on the nearly three year journey that brought us here with you today, sharing key lessons from life's bookends. First, we thank you for listening. Second, We ask that you stay in the game with an open mind and colorful imagination about what a new relationship with death could bring to your life. We think you'll walk away feeling more alive. Let's dive in. Well, I think today we should talk a little bit about how we, how we met, how we came up with this idea of grand exit. And I think I'll, you know, I I think I want to start just by saying, um, you know, the year was 2019. (laughs) And at that point, I had um, been through treatment for stage 3C triple negative inflammatory breast cancer. So I had had a lot of chemo. Um, I had had surgery. I had had uh, a lot of radiation and was on uh, an oral chemo. And I got a call from my mom who had seen this place called Camp Powerment uh, on the Today Show. And she, she knew at that point that I was feeling um, a little beat up, uh, but that I was happy to be alive. At that point, I had no evidence of disease. So um, things had worked as well as they had expected them to. Uh, but I was feeling disconnected from my body, disconnected from my living. And my mom uh, knew that I needed a place to go and play and to feel alive and to meet other women who were also doing hard things, right? As women often do. It was a life-affirming and life-changing experience, four days at camp, that helped me to get connected to what it was I wanted and needed to, to do and be for however long I have left. And turns out you also were at Camp Powerment. I will say so far I have always been at Camp Powerment. Camp Powerment's my family's business. It started as a women's retreat experience, then became a community. Our purpose really is is to gather, is to gather people who are willing to show up for life so that they can feel the most alive at any time that they're willing to say yes to themselves. And um, ours, my family, and my grandma, Grandy, my favorite person in the world, and my mom um, founded Camp Empowerment right after 
I graduated college and somewhere along the way, the two of them became the balloon and I became the string. And in November of 2019, my grandie wasn't at camp because five months prior she had fallen and it was a sentinel event as it frequently is, you know, at the end of a very full life, grandie was dying in November of 2019. And we knew, and I was at camp in business mode and, Mm. um, which is like, that's my, that's my burden to bear. That's my journey Mm -hmm. to be present in the most present of experience and the experience predicated upon presence that we get to create as a family. The irony is not lost on me, but I was removed. I had retreated from said retreat retreat. completely emotionally because God forbid anyone was to ask me how Grandy was doing. On my end, I know in processing registration that Tamitha is coming to camp to celebrate living. And her registration was remarkable and really stood out to me because aren't we all here to celebrate living? Isn't that what living is, right? But also in her medical information, Tamitha was dying and told us so. And so Tamitha comes to camp and is like this ray of light, so much aliveness in her. And I'm completely retreated. By all means, I'm healthy and well. Everything's working in my favor, but my elderly grandma is dying and I'm having a hard time living as me at the time. And um, Grandy did die three days after that camp. And so- you know, I was in a moment of deep grief. Um, And still, which you remind me all the time, I I was holding both. I just couldn't see what was in the other hand, the like living and connection and presence and bearing witness to you and the 150 women who were there allowing this space to come to life. And so though it looked like I was at the beginning of my living and you were at the end of yours, you were so much more alive than I was. And as I think about it, you know, just even thinking about people listening, haven't you, haven't we all had someone who has passed away or is in their final days and we're having to sort of do the mundane things of living at the same time and, and of their dying and of their dying. But yeah, that's how we came together at this time where we were, yeah, we were both holding both sides of life. And I didn't even know what that meant. The wisdom that comes to me through you is unending, (laughs) honestly. Grandy died. It was a completely different experience than I could have ever anticipated. And Grandy was our queen. She was living her best life her prime years, honestly, in her 80s. By the time she died, it's no wonder she had to go because she was all of maybe five foot and bursting out of her vessel, truly. Like what the journey of her dying opened up for our living, there aren't words. There really aren't words. And when we reconnected shortly after camp, I don't even know that I was able to communicate that fully to you relative to her death. But I knew I could communicate that to you through the zest I had for my living and the charge I felt to make dying better for so many people. And I don't think that we can do that alone through conversations. I just remember how like shitty the death care process was at the tail end of what was so beautiful in the actual moment of dying. It was, it didn't even feel carnal. It felt like completely imaginative. So do you remember what you said to me when you called? It was one of the first days I had been back to work after Grandy had passed. I was back kind of in my body, in my life, in my work. 
in my relationship, just like I'm back in New York after this totally life-altering experience. And I'm learning to live without Grandy, right? And I, I'm like, I was called to reach out to you. And my mom and her best friend used to say, my godmother um, used to joke with us whenever we were like disoriented. There's a line, I think from Little Rascals. I think that's what it is. It's, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm on my way. <laughs> and I remember calling you and that sort of was the spirit of the call. Like came up with this thing. I identified a problem. I don't know the solution, but it will live at grandexit.com. Do you want to create it with me? I'm in. I'm in. And then that Friday, we started meeting on Zoom and then we never stopped. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember that. And then I also remember telling you about Whoopi, um, an extra Whoopi. <laughs> and so Harper, my daughter, who is now 17 and will um, not be pleased that I'm sharing this story, uh, but has uh, a blue hippo Whoopi that she's had since she was teeny tiny since she was just born. When you buy one of those, you buy two um, just in case something uh, happens to the original. More for you than for her. Yes, for sure. (laughs) For sure. So not long after, I guess I was going through treatment and going through a, a, a period where I really felt like, okay, I need to start getting things in order and not so much like where my ashes are going to be scattered, but really the emotional things. And a lot of it has to do with um, me not being able to parent my child here on earth as long as I had thought or I hope that I would. So a lot of it has to do with Harper and making sure that she's, I don't know if I need her to be okay, but you know what I mean, that she's okay. And so I have, I was telling you the story of Whoopi and Extra Whoopi where I have told my best friend, Audra, that um, should Harper ever choose to get married um, and choose to do the something old, something new, something borrowed, something blue, chemo brain. Um, you got it. That I got it. it. Um, the that, important things. The important things. <laughs> that I would want um, Audra to take a piece of extra whoopee, not original whoopee. Don't touch whoopee. Don't touch original whoopee. Extra whoopee, cut out a piece of um, extra whoopee and sew it to her dress. That's more my thing because she's probably going to wear, as you've said before, a jumpsuit. Um, but uh, mostly because I know whoopee stands for comfort for Harper. And I need Harper to know on her wedding day that I am there. And then I recognize that there's a need for comfort that only I know, only I can give. And I won't be there, but extra Whoopi will be there. And, but that these are the sorts of things that have become important for me to talk about over the last few years, certainly with people outside of you, but I practice a lot with you getting my head straight about the things that I really want to say through your gentle guidance, of course. But I think that's why I knew this was something I wanted to do with you because you heard that story and you were right on track with, yes, this is the kind of stuff we need to explore. This is the kind of stuff we need to encourage uh, people to get straight with. I knew no matter what we came up with, if I just got to talk to you about these things, it was going to be a ma- it was going to be magic. And that's how I felt from the very beginning about Grand Exit.
when you're thinking about a relationship with death, think about it in the pool. Where are you right now in your relationship with death and your your death? Or maybe someone who you're very close to who's closer to death than you would want them to be. When you go to a pool, people are doing lots of different things, right? They're They are sitting on the side of the pool just with their feet in. They're standing in the pool reading a book. They're treading water, swimming laps, throwing somebody in the air. And that our hope is that through listening to Grand Exit and maybe trying some of these conversations yourself with someone who you care about, who you love, that you'll go from dipping your toe in to actually like walking down those steps or instead of treading water about it, you're swimming and you're feeling, I don't know how other people feel when they swim. I love to swim. I love it. I feel so powerful. I don't know. I might not even be going very far, but like, I don't, there's just the arm <laughs> movement makes me feel very strong. And if you're already in the deep end, you're way ahead of Jen <laughs> of Pop. Yeah. Um, but like, what might it look like if you swam around to the shallow end with mm. like not your peeps in that way, right? Like if you have, if you're lucky enough to have a living parent and they do not, and they're way on the shallow, they're not even dipping their toe in yet. Like, what might it look like? What would it take to come around more gently, come around more slowly, come around in a more inviting way and invite them in and call them in or share with them how you're experiencing your relationship with living, with dying, with legacy, ask some questions and, and meet them where they are in an effort to have like a really amazing pool party, mm -hmm. right? Like what might that feel like? I just really love the idea we came to, which is conversations starting conversations that we hope to inspire conversations that you are having with the people you love um, in an effort to go further into the pool. But like everyone's on a continuum when it comes to their relationship with death and dying. And I think there's so much in the wellness industry right now that's making us continue to tread water about it or keeping us out of the pool. Right. at all um it's right. easier optimizing if life yes. life hacking like sure go for it you're age still gonna defying, die yeah right. like can't uh, defy age can't beat it can't and i'll tell you as a person who is dying actively um boy i hope to age like give me another wrinkle <laughs> please give me another wrinkle and like similar to how I feel when I'm at Camp Powerment, bearing witness to the people, the key players, Joy. you know, mm -hmm. like watching them laugh, watching them cry, just not in a creepy way. And like, I'm holding the space for what, for the key players just feels so incredible. So if you can start by sharing how you want to be remembered and what's important to you and, you know, everything through the lens of living now with one person, then maybe, and you can share it with two or they can share it with another and and what would that look like to have instead of um, independent aliveness just acknowledge the fact that it's all it's all interconnected and all what if together. that yeah and what if we can be part of the weaving mm. from a deep source of knowing uh how the hell could we possibly know or surmise when death is coming what we even have to do about it right like what it will feel like, what it will, what it will mean for those around us, what happens after. Like you can't, if we're here talking about it, we don't know. Although I'm stoked to get to bring in some guests who have had near-death experiences, because I guess we can say, you know, their relationship with death was a bit more intimate uh, because of circumstances. But 
then they were here. So what is that? You know, we can't say that it was death because we're, we're here. So um, I think the the freedom that comes with not having to be an expert and um, knowing that no matter how much we talk about it, we can't possibly know. But uh, and maybe the preparation is is nothing but uh, a you know more of an investment in the relationships here on Earth. You know, whether you believe in multiple lifetimes or when you die and you know you choose to potentially be buried in the ground, that's it. All good. That's your personal belief system. No matter what, you won't be an expert at dying until that day. It really, I think, was clear to us three years ago, Chelsea, <laughs> that this has to be about conversation. It has to be about encouraging conversation. And that's what I've been, I've done that my whole career um, in public health is um, as a facilitator, and trying to help build bridges between um, uh, ideas and getting those ideas to action. Um, and it's sort of what I see very much here. This is, I, I talk, joke a little bit about this being my last bridge that I'm going to build, especially as my, because of my health, my work is starting to take, a, my paid work, I should say, is starting to take a, a backseat. Um, but this is my last bridge to build. If one season's all we got, then one season will be enough. And that's the whole point of everything. So welcome to season one. <laughs> We're really, really happy to be here. We'll be right back with the rest. Inspiration for living from Matters About Dying. Hello again. We're back with the rest. Inspiration for living from matters about dying. Today we're sharing with you one of our favorite poems called The Dash by Linda Ellis. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash. So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before. If we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? Thank you for listening to Grand Exit. If you're enjoying exploring the life-death legacy continuum, come back to keep diving in with us here. Subscribe, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Connect with us on Instagram. We're grand.exit. And sign up for our newsletter at grandexit.com slash newsletter. And most importantly, share. Please do share this by starting a conversation about life, death, and legacy with someone who matters to you. 
There's so much waiting for you there. Join us every other Thursday as we bring death to life for those who intend to be remembered. Catch you next time. 